Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon. This is the COB. COB, it's great to have your company this afternoon. Still tongue-tied to start the week. Four days off and you start to lose the touch. Well, if I ever had it all. But uh, I'm Kyle Rotter <laughs> and uh, I'm with, of course, Danny Akuye. And Danny, it's, um, well, a very, very positive start to the week. It looks like we'll finish somewhere around 1.2% higher. Yeah, it's looking that way. And uh, really, given that we had a mixed lead out of Wall Street last night, I think our colleague Andrew Kagan was right. Maybe everybody had consumed too much sugar over the weekend and they came off to a flying start. But yeah, um, really good performance today. And some of the sectors uh, that had been underperforming over the course of last week uh, really started to put in a better performance. But just having a quick look at the sectors, it looks to me that uh, materials, mining stocks, the big uh, miners and gold really shine today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hope we don't get a sugar crash tomorrow. But that takes us to the three themes today. And we might pick that up straight away because uh, a few of the points you just made there uh, are part of our three themes today. Uh, gold continues to glitter, of course. Uh, we have had a an upped offer for yes. uh, new Crest Mining from, from Newmont there. We'll get across that a little bit more in a second. Green across the screen, every sector finishing higher today, Yep, uh, Danny. And uh, well, I suppose you just had a great chat as well. Uh, with Jason Ireland from McGrath Nickel because in the macro world, it probably didn't move the market too much, but uh, we did have a re- little bit of a rebound in uh, consumer and business confidence. Absolutely. I mean, the market came out of the gates quite strongly, so it really wasn't as led by those those figures, but nevertheless, that positive consumer confidence read, it's still low pretty much in, I suppose, n- yeah. not in the optimistic level, but as we were just discussing with Jason, the consumer is really, really looking for... A, I suppose the pressure to come off them in terms of higher interest rates. So the RBA pause really supported them well. Uh, But uh, also we had those China inflation Mm. figures, which I thought were quite interesting, that that recovery is really not coming along in such a robust fashion as some people were expecting. And uh, also we had the Japanese central bank saying they're going to remain very much not putting their foot on the pedal. So they're not changing their monetary stance and also the Korean central bank. So probably all of these factors are quite supportive of uh, maybe risk off, but also liquidity and stimulus coming back into the system. And as we were saying, maybe that's why that little crypto piece of gold took off today. Yeah, well, that was above 30,000. So we'll see if that narrative starts to really catch, uh, I suppose, a little bit of uh, steam, if you want to call it that, when uh, US trade comes around. But let's look at some of the sectors now. And uh, we'll start with metals and mining, because as you alluded to before, uh, Danny, it was a day very much underpinned by strength in the metals and mining. It was a broad-based gain, uh, but certainly 
but certainly led by some of these names. Fortescue Metals up 2.74%, $22.14, so it's back above that $22 level. Uh, BHP also edging higher and uh, testing around 46 bucks a share again, but uh, well, as you can see on your screen there, and we'll emphasize a little bit more perhaps because we'll take a look at the gold miners specifically. Newcrest Mining mm. uh, up by 5.25%, and it was a fairly broad-based gains uh, for gold. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that with our guest coming up. Um, also just wanted to chuck in there too, uh, just the agri-stocks for the day, because another story that we had that was China-related that didn't move the market, uh, but uh, some signs that potentially some uh, thawing tensions between the Australian and Chinese governments, mm. possibly those tariffs imposed on barley. 80% of our barley exports actually uh, could be removed. There was expected to be a World Trade Organization decision on that uh, over the next few days. Well, it's uh, seemingly the case that we might be able to work that out bilaterally, China yeah. signaling that it could potentially remove those tariffs. But um, well, let's get to that news of the day, shall we? Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Well, take us away with that Newmont bid. Yeah, so Newmont has put in a best and final offer for Newcrest. Uh, that's on the table. And the revised bid values Newcrest at 32 spot 87 per share, a 16 cent increase from its last offer. Newcrest has opened its books following the improved bid. Its shareholders would be entitled to receive 0.400 Newmont shares for each Newcrest share held. Newmont has indicated that the revised proposal represents its best and final price in the absence of a competing proposal. But we've also had some news in the rare earth space, which has been quite out of favour, haven't we, Kyle? We have. Arafura Rare Earths said it had signed an offtake agreement for at least five years with wind turbine maker Siemens Gamersat Renewable Energy, and it's uh, pushed the Perth miners' share higher. Shares higher, Arafura will supply 200 tonnes per annum of key elements, neodymium and preso. Precio Dimium for the Nolans <laughs> project in the Northern Territory commencing in 2026. Siemens Gamesa will use the elements to manufacture permanent magnets for offshore uh, wind turbines assembled at its facility in Germany. I always feel like I'm reading a Dr. Seuss book when I uh, get through yeah. to some of these rare earth miners. It's a, it's a tongue twister. It, but it, it is. And it's just worth noting that Linus also, mm. um, which has been very much out of favour, was up about 4% today. And um, we've also, I don't know if anyone noticed, but Mike, um, Mark Carney, who used to be head of the Bank, Bank of England, England who yeah, is okay. also now the chairman of Brookfield, is in Australia and was discussing last night how much we need to spend in that space. And, uh, that, you know, we are talking lots and lots, billions, billions and billions. But uh, let's move ahead uh, to... Well, what was the stock of the day, of course? Ah, and, Newcrest, uh, all that glitters is gold. Yes, <laughs> and we had uh, a bloke called uh, Rudy Philippeck van Dyke. I think he's from a, a company called oh, FN really? Arena. I'm not sure if you've met him. No. Um, but uh, who else did uh, we, we have on there today? Mathen. As well, it was Mathen Somersantaram. How do I forget? Uh, he, they were discussing Newcrest mining and the case for the stock, especially amid this new bid. Newcrest is relatively well placed and the market will assume that because Newmont is interested in any kind of pullback there is a support there so uh, I'm a holder and in our models and we remain positive on Newcrest in the next three to six months maybe nine months there's a decent risk that we'll see more upside in gold and that could be a decent run and where that goes to I don't know but I think I think the risk return is that gold price goes higher from here and that's what we've been playing for nearly more than a year and we're happy to sit there. If you're holding it, uh, I mean, most of the gains are now made, I think. I, I'm pretty much 
if I were a betting man, I would bet now that this is the, the final offer and we will see Newcrest disappearing from the, from the market. That means that uh, the helm will now go to Evolution Mining and Regis uh -huh. resources. And they are a lot, a lot smaller. So we had, uh, well, first we're talking about Mark Carney, then uh, Rudy Philippic Van Dyke. A couple of dreamboats, really, we're covering <laughs> off in uh, on, on the uh, close of business today. We'll see if we can both get them in at, uh, at some stage just for, for some Silver Fox action. But uh, I wanted to talk about my view very quickly because, well, we, uh, mm. you, you help me edit these things every, every day. But I had uh, a terrifying experience last week sitting on Twitter when I was uh, perusing some, some music and thought uh, that a new Jay-Z, I don't listen to Jay-Z often, but a new Jay-Z track had dropped. Sounds, uh, well, I really, really was quite enjoying it mm. until I realized that it was produced entirely by artificial intelligence. Mm. No human involvement at all. So I thought, uh, well, I was so terrified of this uh, brave new world. I thought I'd pen something on AI and, you know, made a slightly more sober and sensible point of, well, what's it going to do to all our jobs? Yeah, and it's, it's a really great piece, so everybody should read it. And I think what's really interesting that so much money has been running into the AI space mm -hmm. over in the US. So NVIDIA, Microsoft, Amazon, and the race is on with China. But I think there is a history um, that a, self-regulation doesn't always work. <laughs> and and B, this industry really needs to be regulated. And uh, it is quite concerning when you have music that is written and um, potentially everything that we do, having written a couple of books, I can now see that, yeah. that that's going to disappear as well. So whilst it might be a favourite for investors at the moment, like everything, it's probably got a long way to play out. But also too, I think regulators, governments um, really need need to take a close look at it, which is basically what you were inferring as well, Carl, weren't you? And it's this trade-off between US and China mm. trying to get there first in terms of developing Great Eye, but what is the cost? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, well, it's sort of scary, Brave New World, and I don't know, mm. The Matrix coincidentally came on last night. It uh, becomes almost a, a real-life horror film, so I turned that off reasonably quickly. I <laughs> uh, just uh, can't deal with it. I'm a bit of a Luddite at the best of times, though. But uh, let's talk to some genuine and uh, high-quality human intelligence now. Martin Crabb from Shore & Partners joins us at the desk for his Tuesday hit. Um, really great to have you, of course. Um, to be here. I invite you to try and craft a narrative around why we saw such a uh, emphatic run-up in the ASX 200 today, because we didn't have such a strong lead from Wall Street, yeah. but 1.2% gain, can you can you give us a, 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 an explanation? Uh, the only thing I'd add to what you've already uh, stated was just the setup going into the weekend. So yeah. remember that we closed trading on Thursday ahead of that payrolls number, and there was a risk that if it was a nasty payrolls number, you might get a, a, a bit of a reaction in Wall Street. And then we weren't going to open. You know, they, they traded yesterday, so there was uh, a whole session that you had to sit pat. So I think a lot of traders went into Easter, just squared their books up and probably felt, no, I need to get my longs again. So there was some buying on the open, but I think the Newmont increased bid for Newcrest, that was announced pre-market as well. And everyone said we're off to the races. So the mining sector just all gapped higher. And as you were showing in your graphic, um, Newcrest itself was up, but everything else in the sector was because who wants to hold Newmont stock? I don't think a lot of people want to own Newmont stock. Mm. So there's you know tens of billions of dollars that's going to come out of Newcrest and go into the rest of the sector. So you take out Evolution and Northern Star, it's daylight to the next producer. So those two stocks are going to get, going to get a pretty big bid. And then early in the session, I think Penny Wong in, intimated mm. that it wasn't just barley 
but it might be wine as well. So TWE, Treasury Wine Estates, I just as I left my desk, that was up 5% again today. Yeah. So again, there's a, this broader kind of, it's not just barley, it might be other tariffs, and it's also a thawing out of relations with China, which, you know, given we're spending, you know, $350 billion on submarines to... Ward them off. <laughs> to ward them off. Here we are sort of welcoming with the other the other hand. So mm. I think that, you know, a bit of, not so much short covering, but maybe reinstating longs from last week, plus those two big, big uh, macro news mm. push the market. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, we've got the US inflation figure coming up on Wednesday. So mm. everybody having gone long today, we might see it all reverse, but have you got any thoughts about uh, what we can expect? Yeah, I mean, monthly inflation data, I mean, it should be coming down, right, Daniel? We, we peaked at 9.1 back in June. This is a headline. And we know from base effects, if you think this time a year ago, um, Russia, Ukraine had just happened mm. in February, oil prices had gone nuts, gas prices, you know, pretty much followed. So we're certainly cycling peak energy prices from a year ago. But everyone will be looking to the detail, particularly on things like rents. Are mm. rents starting to come down yet? Because that's 40% of the CPI. So a lot of market-based measures of rents like Zillow and apartment list, they're all coming down, but the official data lags it. So we're sort of looking for that, that component in particular to start slowing. It was 0.76, I think, last mm. month. So anything like a 0.7 or a 0.6 on rents is really good because that'll see super core, as um, Jay Powell calls it, which is headline CPI, less food, less energy, less rents. That'll continue to come down as well. So I think this increasing narrative that inflation's coming down quickly. The payroll data did include wages on Friday as well, and wages came down. So kind of everyone, everything's setting up for maybe not a pause from the Fed, but maybe one more. And as you said, we had another central bank pause today, which is in Korea. So there's more and more central banks pausing, pausing around the world, which is the positive setup for the equity market. Like if we're done on rates, we can now start leaning to the market again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess we'll all be talking about cuts once they start to pause, or at least again, that continues to be to be baked in, into interest rate uh, futures, which we'll, yeah. we'll point out in a second. But I uh, was so, thought it was really interesting, just a, a couple of charts. In fact, I, I guess you'd say uh, ratios, if you will, mm. um, between a, a couple of fund managers. It's, I suppose, confession season to an extent, and we're getting all these sort of fund figures coming out from, from some of these major players. And what we were just sort of talking here potentially about, well, the shift in, in flow or investor preference, perhaps, when it comes to, to some of these bigger uh, uh, names, especially Magellan. Yeah, so this is the gift that keeps on giving, the long uh, GQG and short Magellan. So for those uh, viewers who don't know, GQG is a global fund manager. It, it, it's come out of um, a lift out out of Von Tobel a few years ago. Rajiv Jain's the guy who runs it, a bit of a rock star fund manager. So they published their fund numbers for March today and they're up, you know, three or four billion in contrast to Magellan, which published their data last week, which is mm. down three or four billion. So money's going out of Magellan and into GQG. And Magellan was the, um, the go-to global manager for financial planners. You didn't have to do a hell of a lot of thinking. You just put the money with Magellan. A decade ago, it was platinum. You just put your money with mm. platinum. That's all you had to do. So there was this huge period where all the money left platinum went to Magellan. We're now going through the, the second version of that, which is all the money's leaving Magellan and going into GQG. So that is a gift that keeps on giving. We might, I think I sent you the ratio of, of uh, Magellan to platinum over the last kind of 10 years. It was basically Magellan massively outperformed mm. platinum for a while. Yeah, it has yeah, been. It yeah, platinum has been. You can see that Magellan did very well at the expense of platinum, and now it's uh, now it's GQG. It, it's funny, isn't it? Because isn't GQG? Do they do a lot of bond portfolios, or am I a no, little bit off track on yeah, that? Yeah, their expertise is emerging markets, but they've oh, they're, they're, yeah. they've um, 
they're pretty much tapped out their emerging markets business, so it's developed markets now as well. Okay. Very nimble manager, you know, very well liked by the Aussie market. Chose the ASX to list, probably because of the valuation of Magellan at the time. Um, and, you know, uh, attracting a lot of fun in the Aussie market. Yeah. And it is interesting because if we start to get rates coming down and you have seen some big tech stocks performing, well, typically you probably should see Magellan's portfolios do a little bit better. But once sentiment's turned, it's very yeah. hard, isn't it? It's a bit like turning a massive oil tanker. It's just yeah. people go, nah, poor performance Yeah, and is it's, gone. That, it's that three-year relative performance number, Danielle, which... which which pushes a lot of investors to change their their allocation, and obviously it's going to take you by definition three years to change that if it's if it's been terrible for three years. So Magellan's got that that anchor, if you like, that mm. three year number, and they have to, I suppose, right side the ship, start adding value on a monthly basis, and then over time the outperformance will go away. But I just think it's a it's a it's very easy decision for a financial planner to make mm. to sell an underperforming manager and buy an outperforming manager, even though we know the disclaimer is. <laughs> You know, they're supposed to mean revert. Reality is, and we've seen this in the superannuation industry, right, where underperforming funds are forced to close yeah. and, and to new members and then and then encourage their new members to go to an outperforming fund. So it's this kind of, you know, momentum. But I think it, it goes to show that we're in a market that's probably not going to rip. We, we need to be uh, picking stocks. And if you've got skill as a stock picker, you're going to get a lot more flow than just being a macro beta play because you can buy the market for almost nothing. I think um, Vanguard jo- dropped some more ETF fees uh, over the weekend. So you can get beta for ze- almost zero. Mm. So therefore, you need to have this active stock picking approach to the market. Yeah, there is a bit of a price for emerging, I think, in the ETF space from, from what I understand. So that's mm. a fascinating dynamic in and of itself. But we, we alluded to interest rate futures just before. We might get the chart up now just to sort of illustrate a little bit um, the path forward uh, as far as expectations now for uh, RBA policy, and I sort of obviously talk to this chart if, if, if you could, but also just yeah. I suppose overlay it with the commentary of just hark back to a conversation we had last year where you know you don't start really going overweight until they, they begin to cut rates because you know you start to look at a reflationary cycle. I mean, are you sort of incrementally or perhaps the margins are becoming more heavily allocated in equities now that we're, we're looking at this dynamic we are on our screen, or yeah. does the earnings picture also play into that too, the, the growth expectations? Yeah, very much so. So, this is the bipolar nature of mm. interest rate markets, right? So from the 3rd of March, so we're thinking a couple of weeks here before um, the Silicon Valley Bank credit suisse sort of situation. And, you know, business as usual, they need to keep tightening. We're going to get up to 4.1, maybe even higher on rates. And then obviously 16th, 17th of March after that, that horrible weekend we had with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, we, you know, the market started price cuts in, which, which I thought was a bit crazy, but it was just reflecting what was going on more broadly. If there's a liquidity crisis, in the global financial system, then central banks are going to be cutting rates, not hiking. We've now added, we've now got rid of those cuts. So the the most recent um, data there today is the RBA on hold with a small probability of some of some cuts running into the end of the year. So, you know, given we've got 25 basis point um, increments, the next move down would be three point, you know, 3.25, 3.35 in uh, in December. So. The market's now saying the RBA is on hold, which it kind of admitted to. Now, I saw ANZ Bank, they had 4.1 as their peak cash rate last week. They've cut that to 385. They think the RBA will go in August. I know UBS, who we're close to, think the RBA will go in May. So there's most people are still saying one more hike. That's the economists. Mm. But the market itself is saying we are done on rates. So hence the buoyancy in the consumer survey. You'll see people, more people turning up for auctions. Yeah, you see a bit more demand for credit in the economy. 
So you'll start to see a little bit of a recovery in, uh, in sentiment on the back of that. If, the, if everyone believes the RBA is on hold, then you, know, you can start investing with a bit more confidence. But if, um, let's say, so, so if the RBA goes on hold, which as you said is you know, what they've cited, but if consumer sentiment starts to pick up too much and housing prices pick up too much and all of those animal spirits start to perk up again, yeah. isn't that potentially going to then work against like what they're trying to achieve getting inflation levels down to that two to three percent so you know it's it's a fine balance isn't it you yeah. overdo it and then you have too much of an economic slowdown yeah and the consumer is obviously we've, we've all been really well trained there's a big muscle memory in there isn't there in terms of yeah. you know rates coming down we buy i think, or- I think last time i was on here kyle and i were talking about him being the naughty kid at the back of the class <laughs> and getting hit with the ruler because yeah. he was playing up too much and i think it's a little mm. bit like that so you hit we've hit kyle with the ruler uh, and he's starting to misbehave again we need to hit him again so that's your point right so if uh if consumer sentiment picks up and spending starts picking up and we start seeing house prices move up etc the reserve bank's going to get the ruler out again and and knock and put up rates so that that is a risk it's probably more of a risk in the us i think than it is here but it's definitely a risk, yeah. True of macroeconomic policy and HR policy at Ausbiz is that it's a favour. <laughs> Miss misbehave, just whack me over the head. But um, just in the interest of time, we, we have to wrap up. Martin Crabb, Shaw and Partners, thanks for coming to the desk. Always a pleasure. Okay, well, uh, let's, like I said, wrap things up and just have a bit of a look at what we've got coming up tomorrow. And I uh, took out what we've got coming up tonight because it's actually really quiet on the on the calendar. We have a little <laughs> bit of Fed speak uh, tomorrow morning, which can always obviously rock the boat because we're still worried about the path yeah. forward for rate expectations. But other than that, ANZ Royal Morgan Consumer Confidence, which was delayed a day. We'll have Madeline Dunk on tomorrow to discuss that when it comes out, but might also reflect that rebound uh, that we saw in the, uh, the monthly Westpac read today. Other than that, it seems that we're really just sort of pushing towards the back end of this week. The, uh, the CPI release, but then we've also got a whole bunch of US banks reporting. Correct. US reporting season is upon us again. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think everyone is so tired of that uh, that CPI reading, people staying up to god-awful hours, mind you, with the time change, I don't think it'll be as bad. But yeah, the market's very much hinging on that, and I do agree with the, the quarterly results starting to come through. Um, people do hinge on every word that um, particularly uh, the CEO of Bank of America and Jamie Diamond from JP Morgan, what they have to say. Um, it's interesting that you have seen earnings forecasts for the first quarter come down to minus 6.8%, according mm. to FactSet for S&P 500 stocks. So they are starting to discount uh, another decline. I think it was a 1% decline for the fourth quarter last year. But everyone's going to be wanting some comments about the outlook and management may be deciding that they don't actually want to provide any outlook. So yeah, it's yet again, data dependent and uh, anecdotal evidence of what the companies are saying. Okay, well, let's look at the leaders and laggards today. And we have gone through, obviously, some of the big movers when it comes to that gold space. Only one I can see there just in terms of Newcrest Mining and the story we've covered ad nauseum, but it's worth mentioning again that uh, Newmont has put in its uh, best and final offer for the company, juiced it up just a little bit. So we've got that stock up by 5.25% for the session, but the broader gold sector also higher. I, uh, when I left the desk, the gold, mm. All Ordinaries Gold Index was up by around about 3%, which is adding to gains that we've seen over really the last six weeks or so, probably been uh, the shining light, uh, mm. if you want to call it that, 
of the overall market, but very resource intensive Absolutely. once again, a real uh, mining, yeah. mining sort of lead kind of day. Yeah, so Sandfire Resources, um, the, the last, uh, the, well, standing copper plays and uh, nickel mines, interesting. So that a lot focusing in on uh, those uh, clean energy plays as well as, um, you know, looking at Paladin. So, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. I suppose that Paladin story is uh, is a fascinating one too. Down at 63 cents, remember a buddy of mine was, uh, well, he held from about five cents or so and sold out at about a dollar ten. But okay, half half of, uh, of what it's worth. But if worth uh, uh, you know two years ago. But if you if you're bullish on that nuclear play and your high conviction, which you have to say if you go around on Twitter and you look at uh, those folks in the nuclear space or, or the uranium space, they are very bullish. Mm. Uh, they they get very excited about the uranium. Well, this is probably you know reasonable value anyway. Up. Five percent or so for the day. Let's look at the laggards, however, and they were reasonably few and far between. Uh, in Eugene, down ten point three percent, so that's a pretty significant hit. And uh, we were going to take a bit of a look as to, to what was potentially behind that. I know Danny's just doing that now, but uh, as she does, just looking across some of the other sectors, as you can see, for for a day like today, uh, fairly limited downside for most companies. Silver Lake Resources off by two point five four percent. Fish from Pyville down one point eight percent. Invocare. Uh, down 1.75 percent. I don't know uh, on a day like today. People want to live longer. I'm not too sure. If we can live longer. <laughs> our, our share portfolios are, are looking a little bit better. Therefore, uh, we'll put uh, put that off for for another week or two uh, if uh, <laughs> if you're in that position. But um, yeah, Imogene, anything that we could see no, there potentially? No, I can't seem to find move. anything at this stage. I'm sorry. Uh, no, there was some information out last week, but uh, yeah, I can't nothing, find it myself. No, nothing new. Maybe it's a delayed reaction to uh, what came out on the 5th of April. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll have to keep an eye out for... Small uh, caps, sometimes they, they get whacked around for, you know, no apparent reason. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out if there's anything that hits wires about, uh, you know, I suppose, director selling or anything like that. And, uh, well, maybe some news to come. You never know. Sometimes these funky kind of things happen. But anyway, speaking of small caps, we'll get to some of the big moves of the day. And uh, my favourite stock, Jevois Global, um, <laughs> <laughs> up 30%, uh, 9 cents per share. 40 Medical, that was another stock that we were talking about last, last week, week as well. Yeah, yeah up 47.22%. Um, so we'll look at the laggards too, just very quickly in terms of the small cap space. And can we get them or can we not? No, it doesn't look like it's there. No, no, that's fine. We'll just go for it. We'll, we'll stick to it. We'll remain positive. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on the uh, the positives there uh, on the small caps uh, side of things. But all right, there you go. That's uh, the final, uh, the close for the day for the SIBO 200, up 1.4% for the session. Really, um, well, I suppose great confluence of events there. Just a, a decent lead, some of that China news, as well as that uh, Newmont, Newcrest story, bolstering sentiment and, um, well, seemingly uh, off to the races to begin the Absolutely, week. and uh, good to see that the market held its gains over the course of the day. And, uh, of course, we will be waiting to see what lead we get from Wall Street overnight. Yeah, as we uh, return from, I guess, holiday trading conditions and we get back into the swing of things after the long weekend. But uh, on that note, we may as well wrap things up, Danny. Uh, if you are watching, of course, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on our website and app. Until tomorrow morning, have a great evening. Cheers. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.